right, this is Webble with a cup of Joe. Very first episode ever here in 2020 of May podcast. And we, we got a very special guest today, Joe. Very special guest today. But before we get to that, because, man, I'm just excited. I don't even know if I can contain myself. But before we get into that, we're just going to kind of introduce ourselves a little bit. Because, uh, like I said, this is something that uh, Joe, one of my best friends, Joe, uh, since we were 13 years of age, have been trying to... Uh, uh, come up with something and just trying to make it big just like everybody else in this in the united states of america and and so here today uh, we joe had been coming up with a lot of ideas and everything and and of trying to to just do some type of broadcasting and what better way than to do a podcast because everybody nowadays is doing the podcast uh the whole social media type thing and and you know i wish we could have gotten it uh done a lot sooner and stuff but you know as time goes and, and life happens and stuff with with one of my very good friends here, he, he found the love of his life and, 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 and me as well with just my family and everything. And then what, and then of course the unthinkable actually happens, the 2020 COVID-19 pandemic and, and my goodness, what, what a scare that was and stuff. But now it looks like everybody's is safe. Uh, we know that there's a lot of pe- uh, people out there with uh, Mr. Theo Vito Trevino keeping safe. We know that he's uh, elderly and uh, we, we try to keep him uh, spaced as, as, uh, as much as we can from him. And so to keep him safe as well as, as, the, as the, the AARP Platinum member Chachi Rodriguez, uh, we have to keep him safe as well. So we're, and we're glad that his, uh, we had a little bit of scare there with his wife and, and glad that she's doing good. Uh, she did test negative and stuff, just has a severe bron- uh, bronchial infection. So we, we thank her and, and blessed and, and, and prayers go out to that family as well. So, but let's just get into this real quick. Joe, what's up? What's up world? What's up interwebs? What's up? Well, good to see you again. Hey. I think it's, I haven't seen you since, uh, I don't know, my wedding. <laughs> that is what it's about eight months eight ago. Eight months ago. <laughs> I haven't seen them. And yeah. uh, we've been doing a lot of our just communicating through text message and yep. group text. And so it's, it's interesting to, it's interesting to, to be here. Now we've, we had actually had this project set up for almost a year and a half mm-hmm. now. And we had talked about it. I was real hesitant at the time. Uh, I used to be a teacher and I was real hesitant because as a teacher, you're the face of a town, yes. And uh, I do that with quotations with my fingers, <laughs> and uh, and so you you have to like be careful what you say out there. But now I have, I am free. You are free. I am free. You are free. You have found another position, and and, and actually you've done really well with yourself. I'm very proud that my friend Joe here is has moved on and into the into the oil field, and and we know that uh, yes, the the oil field here in Andrews America has dropped a little bit, but Joe has. Has done very well for himself. Uh, kept in line with his job and has taken classes and hopefully, uh, and hopefully things in the future. Hopefully, yeah. they, they come out and the plans come out. We'll, we'll probably touch on that somewhere in the future. But uh, well, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell well, us where do you come from? I mean, we all know it comes from his mom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. descriptive. Yes, and, and we will uh, we will look into that later on as as our podcast and stuff uh, expand. But I came from Andrews, Texas, nineteen eighty one. I was born, and uh, here in Andrews, America, before the uh, we had the older hospital here, and actually I'm having a birthday next week, May 27th will be my birthday and stuff, and I'll be the infamous 39 years old. Can you believe that, man? 39. 39. Years old. That was a good year for me. Yeah, <laughs> that was a, that's a long time ago, and I tell you what, me and Joe and I have we've been friends since the ages of time, I guess, and it's, I, I the only time I can remember is when we played baseball back. 
in with, Babe Ruth. With CNL. CNL. I mean, that, I would say that would be the birth of our friendship. That, that would be it right there. And, and my, 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 have we, we got so many stories that we could just tell and dish. And we, that would be just a whole podcast on its own. I mean, and I think that this podcast is going to talk about our friendship. It's going to talk about other friendships. We want to bring in guests. We, we're not going to let you know who our guest is right now yet. But, you know, I would say that's the basis of, of our podcast is not only is it about our friendship, but what it is like to be men to be family man, to, you know, we're going to have our, our stories, our funny stories, but we want to touch up on topics about what interests men, uh, what scares men, what uh, motivates men, what makes men laugh. And of course, we're going to, you know, what is it that men love? Men love women. And so we'll have some women. Guests yes, yes. Today, that's, you know? and, and that's what it's all about here. You know, we're different sports events. And, and of course, we it might even get a little bit of political at times, but the most thing about it is is it's it's Wevel with a cup of Joe, my buddy Joe here, and it's just the, the lifelong friendship that we had and obviously it's gonna be opinionated and some will have even facts and stuff. Or you could be like Mr. Vito Trevino, have opinionated opinion, opinionated facts. facts. <laughs> he has the opinionated facts. But let's 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 touch on that on that on that title, Wevel with a cup of Joe. Obviously you know I'm Joe, so you know that's where the joke comes in. But let our listeners and those who are who are new, let them know what why we call you Wevel. Well it's a funny story. Uh, my last name is Escovedo. Uh, in eighth grade, uh, we actually had books. If for you younger millennials out there, I'm sure you don't even know what books, books are. Books, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, and you young millennials are these um, binders that have paper <laughs> inside of them. And these papers actually have words written. They were actually printed on these pages. The way you guys look at your phone and you, you know your Facebook and your Twitter and you see the words on there... Can you believe that there used to be a time where those words were actually physically written on a piece of paper yes. into a binder that made a book? That made a that made a book, and and not to be not to get this visual right, where you see, uh, you know, Moses tapping in a rock with script on it. No, no, no. These are this is actually ink written on paper, not papyrus, but paper themselves. And and let me tell you, these books would get pretty heavy. We had, I think it was, it was the last week of school. Uh, and so I believe it was on a Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken, and we're carrying books and I have about 10 being because I'm, I'm Hispanic and Mexican. I have the most books. We always have to work hard. And my other buddies, there was August Lewis. And I remember my good buddy, uh, the late Brad Newbro. Uh, we were all going with books. They had maybe two or three in their hand and I was walking down out in, in what we used to have planners, uh, in the middle school and I was going real slow, obviously, because I had 10 books. And Brad Newbro in the back says, hurry up, Escovevo. And so ever since then, Wevo, part of my last name, Escovedo, uh, it just stuck. And so ever since eighth grade, they've called me Wevo. And, and August's dad calls me Beaner. That's just another thing. So, it, you know, it, it can. I have different nicknames. And we'll bring that up nicknames later because I do have uh, one of Joe's uncles. He calls me Frankie. Frankie. <laughs> Back in CNL days, he was, <laughs> my uncle was a coach, and he just told Eric, told Webber, was like, you look like a Frankie. And for the next two years that he coached us, he called Webber Frankie. And to this day. Yeah, to this day, he said, hey, Frankie. And I look up because that's just what I'm known by. And I'll look up. and Nowhere in my name, uh, my, my name's Eric J. Escobedo. Nowhere is there a Frank Frankie or anything that sounds like that at all. But I'll go by it. And so he still offers uh, also in the CNO days, or actually uh, my high, early high school baseball days, uh, I, I had a glove and he asked uh, to purchase my glove. Yeah. And, and to this day, he still asked me to if, if I'll sell my, my glove, which is a, an Akona glove. I don't know why, but he loved it. 
And he still wants to buy it, so. But yeah, so I mean, you're gonna just hear stories like that. I just wanted to get in there real quick about, so people would understand why is this podcast called Wevel with a Cup of Joe? Well, because that's Wevel. That's Wevel. Yes. With a little tidbit of me. Yes. Know, so. But, so, anyways, that that's how it actually comes. Uh, my my name came about, and Joe, of course, uh, we we've always a lot of people here in, in Andrews America know Joe and stuff, and 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 Joe, uh, which is, I think you just had a birthday, didn't you? Not not quite yet, but. You know, keep a lookout on Facebook. My birthday happens once a month. Yes, it does I have, happen I, once a month. I do, I do have like a, a a fun thing that I do on Facebook. When I first got on Facebook, I was just like, oh my God, what is this? Why, why, why are we people putting on there what they're eating? Or I kind of use Facebook as, a, as just a way to make fun of society today. And so I, I was talking to a friend one time. I was telling him how people really don't know you. You know, you have all these people on your Facebook friends or whatever, Twitter, and they act like they were your friends or they, for some reason you have people on your Facebook who would never talk to you when you were in high school, who are all of a sudden your friend on social media and you're just like, what? And one of the things that I just wanted to prove about how fake social media was that I would just, once a month I would post on there, I want to thank everybody for my, for the birthday wishes. <laughs> And you would just get these random people like, oh, happy birthday, and happy, sorry, happy belated birthday. And I just like, look, you see, this person don't even know me. Like, they don't even know what my birthday is. So I would put it on there. And every month, I'm not lying, every month, I would get somebody else, somebody new. Oh, happy birthday. I'm sorry I missed your month. And it's just like, are you not paying attention to what I'm doing? <laughs> I think after two years, people finally caught on. Yes, it, 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 it was going on for years and stuff. And it even caught me off guard. I'm like, I, I've known Joe for a long time. And. Well, maybe it is. It's December. Maybe it is his birthday. And then January would come back. Well, okay. Well, maybe it's, you know, January's birthday and I'd wish him well. And then for two years, I kind of realized, why am I keep saying happy birthday when this is not even his birthday? And so I still call Joe my best friend. I think he deserves a birthday every year, uh, every month. And so, uh, but <laughs> that's just kind of how that story goes and stuff and how Joe is well known for his birthdays every single month. And, and what's impressive is like, I have to admit it. My skin looks really great for being 82 I, years old. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, yes, it's really, really soft. So, but yeah, so let, let me, let, for the listeners out there, you know I, know, I know a lot of our friends and family will be listening, but uh, I'm Joe. I'm from Andrews, Texas as well. I'm actually from, the 19, from 1980. Um, grew up here, went to school here, graduated just 30 miles of college south of here. Came back and taught here and coached here, and uh, now I'm in a totally different uh, career mm-hmm. path. Uh, mm-hmm. I decided to get out of the education uh, industry and joined into the oil field construction industry. And as Webo indicated earlier, we are in some hard times right now, not just with COVID-19, or as uh, Cardi B likes to call it, the coronavirus. <laughs> uh, you know, but we also have the, the oil uh, issue going on to where the price of oil has really dropped down and it's really affected many of our uh, friends and family and yes. COVID's affected many of our friends and family but um, we hope you guys stick around with this podcast give us a chance we're we're raw but uh, we're sincere and we'll be truthful to what we believe in whether it's a joke whether it's politics whether it's uh, sports movies music I mean we're going to try to touch on every topics because Basically, it's life. Yes, and life touches on all those topics. That is that is that is the correct truth there, uh, and and that's that's why you know Joe and I we finally got together and decided to just hey we let's get it together. Life does happen, but you know what? We always want to make sure that we always remember that you know true friendship 
uh, that's what it's all about. Whether you're far apart, you do have your family separated. Because Joe, of course, he is from Andrews. He does live in Midland. I am from Andrews. I like. I went off, got uh, went into college, graduated, came back. And then, you know, Joe did the same. He came back teaching uh, elementary kids. And like he, he stated, he did coach baseball. He was uh, ended up being assistant varsity coach. Uh, did, did a very good job of that and enjoyed it. And then, of course, we played golf. And, and that's kind of how we actually came back together in life. Golf was, I would guess I'd say, our, where we kind of met back in life, yep. you know, a few years ago. And exactly. After, after college, we both went our separate ways. Yeah. I mean, yep. we both started our careers and we went our separate ways. And lo and behold, if it was if it wasn't for Facebook, <laughs> if it was Facebook, I was out on the golf course one day and I took a picture and I posted it on Facebook. And, and Webel, who truly is a friend, he wasn't just one of those people. He was one of my friends back in high school and middle school. And he commented on there, "Hey, where's my invite?" And I was like, "Well, heck, we're playing tomorrow or like next week. Yeah. I can't remember exactly." Yeah. And, and there he was. And the rest is history. I mean, we actually started a golf league. We did. We did. We got up to about, what was it, 54, 58 54 members, members? Somewhere around there. And, and then the president decided to get married, and all of a sudden, the golf league went down. <laughs> shot, but shot. don't worry. I have plans in the back of my pocket to one day revive it. And, and that, that, that I'm looking forward to that. And a lot of the guys out there that who do, who do listen to this podcast will be a lot of our members, uh, late members and stuff. And I know they always ask me or uh, well, we have one of our good friends, Eric Coco Payadas and stuff as well. Uh, when When's the league's going to get started back up? But hopefully in the future we will get going again. And so, but beyond that. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, who, who we actually got today, man. I, you know, I'm excited. Uh, this was actually the, the exciting special, the special person that we got today. It, Joe and I, Joe came up and says, you know what, man, we need to do this podcast. We can have uh, sports and, and we can do all this, you know, movies and stuff. And, and, and it wasn't until that exact day that this name of the person came up like just like that. He was actually probably, I would, I would say honestly, the first person we thought about. You know, well, I mean, as as we were going and discussing the beginning of this podcast, we were like, who can we do it? And it just instantly at that time, something big was happening for Andrews, Texas. We Andrews, for those of you, because I know we're going to have listeners from all parts of the world. Andrews, Texas, what would you say the population is, Webble? You know, it, it, back in the day, it started off at nine. Now it's probably 11, 12, maybe 14,000 at the most here at, at the peak part. So it, it has grown little by little, but you know, like I said, the oil industry has a big fact in that. So I think it's probably dip a little, but so it has during grown. that time, during that time, you know, like most West Texas towns, football is king. You that know, we're great. primarily baseball guys, but we love sports. Yes. We love basketball. I mean, heck, take us out to the backyard. We'll we'll we'll, we'll compete for horseshoes and you know and and washers. Uh, <laughs> washers, <and> <laughs> exactly. We'll go at it. You know? Any and, kind of sport up here, but you know, when you think of West Texas, you think of football. football. You think of Friday Night Lights, which actually Odessa Permian is literally thirty minutes south exactly. of there. So I mean, football is a thing. And so anytime anybody from Andrews gets out of here and they go off to college and and, and they do something special and something big. It's pretty big for us. Yes, hometown. It, like, it, we're very profitable. So, uh, and we're very proud of this person as well. You know, it, it just in myself too. I don't know Joe is as well and stuff. But when you do have somebody in a small town grow up big, and 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 they grow off, get an education, which is which has always been a number one thing in my in my opinion, and then excel in what they did not only in their education but also in their sports and stuff was was actually phenomenal. So, they're they're, they're I'm very proud of this person. Uh, you know, and and it's not the, 
this person has a, a little bit more of a significant story and why we brought him in as well. But we also think of West Texas here as as a, a central, uh, you know, a lot of players. We had, you know, one of your cousins uh, went off and, and got baseball scholarships. I went on and played for the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. Uh, he did really well. Uh, we also had uh, a Shad Williams. Uh, who everybody I'm sure knows uh, did went off and played for the Buffalo Bills and did really well as well. And but on a collegiate level, on a collegiate level, I I honestly I, I can't think of anybody that I know personally that that let's just state it. Let's just say got the national championship. National. I mean, those words alone. I mean, national, big. Yeah, that's a championship, sense. big. National championship together. I mean, it don't get bigger. It doesn't. I mean, it, I mean, we could see Joe. Joe here was was in '99 won the state championship, and and he's a state championship ball player. He that's something you can always yeah. You, but when you go on, I mean, you know, we got that in high school. Yeah. And then when you go to college, national. I mean, now you're talking about the cream of the crop. Yeah. I mean, you're talking the best of the best. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't care what you're talking about, what level, what division. Those are the prime athletes, and uh, and so. It, and, and that's the reason why we, we, I mean, we could, we would hope that it would be nice to say, hey, we have a Super Bowl championship here, man. Well, that would be amazing. Yeah. You know, but it, on a collegiate level, college players go, they play for the love of the game. There. Exactly. That is where it's at. That's the, the college key. love of the game. The passion. The passion. For I mean, I, I enjoy watching college football, again, at any division, over the NFL, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I know NFL is the money maker, this and that. Yeah. And, you had the fantasy league, but for me, especially as a, as an ex coach, it's about the game. It's about the sport. It's about the passion. It's about the the camaraderie. It's about the teamwork. It's about all these things that go into making a national champion. Yes. So, well, I'm just gonna give you the chance right now. Just go ahead. And well, let me, let me introduce this this gentleman here. What a handsome face he has. I can't just, I, I look into his eyes and it's almost like looking at Fergie and Jesus at the same time. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful day. It's, it's, and, and to see the stature of this young man, he's worked hard and uh, what he's done. He's studied a lot of film and he's got his education for the most part. And I'm very, very proud of this guy. I, I, I don't know any other better way than to introduce him as the real hammock. The real deal. The real deal hammock. The real deal hammock, Mr. Jace, quarterback hammock, right here. Yes, folks. I'll give you an applause there. That's it right there. And not only just the real deal hammock, but the 2018 D3 NCAA quarterback. Quarterback. Champ. And that's something you can you can live with the rest of your life. It doesn't matter if it's 10, 15, you're still a national champ. How does that make you feel, Mr. Jace? Welcome aboard. Oh, thank, thank y'all for having me. Thank y'all for having me. It's been, it's been a blessing just sitting here watching you and admire your stature, and I just can't get over it. The, the locks of your hair, I, if I can get a piece of that. Can, I, can I wipe the drool off your chin? You're well, probably going to have to because he's a, he's a good-looking man. He is a good-looking man. Chase, where did you get your good looks from? Because I know your dad. It, yeah, it, it definitely wasn't him. <laughs> yeah. I'll go out and say that right now. I probably lean towards my mom, you know, and just... But definitely, definitely not my dad. Awesome, awesome, Jace. Well, you know, your mom and your dad, they've always been involved with sports. Uh, been very, very supportive of you. Uh, we, you know, we, I'm sure you thank them. You thank God on, on the level as well, spiritually. Uh, how was it 
to have a dad like Mr. Eric Hammock to push you and, and, and stuff. I mean, was he supportive of, of what you were doing on your level? Did he have to push you more than what you thought? Or how, how did that go for you when you were younger? Uh, I mean, it, it was good. He was always one of those dads that support, supported me. You know, I mean, he would he'd get a little rough sometimes. If I had an incomplete pass, I'd get beat with a switch. Oh, well. So, I mean, it was, it was a little tough sometimes <laughs> going home. No, but, no, but in all honesty, it was, it was really... Uh, it was a huge blessing, you know. Yeah. He was always there. Uh, tell you, you know, think, you know, I can't thank him enough for everything he did. Just uh, held me accountable, you know. If I played right. bad, got mad, or whatever, I still to this day, if I get mad at hitting a bad shot on the golf course, you, you know, don't do that, <laughs> don't do that. But so I mean, at the time it was like, oh, this guy's, you know, he's coming back, getting on me again. But uh, I definitely couldn't have done it without him, you know, pushing me every day. You know, you thinking about that as well uh, with your dad and stuff. Was you've played a lot of different sports. You know, I've seen you even play baseball, and you're you're very good at baseball as well, uh, and, and then football. Was there any other sport that you played that you just liked? Did you ever get into soccer when you were little or anything like that, or was just football your your go to sport when you were little? Yeah, no, yeah, I would say baseball. I grew up more playing baseball uh, every summer. There was a summer where I was on three different select teams playing, so they would. They would travel me. There was some times where I'd be in the uh, two different tournaments on two different teams. So they, I'd play on Saturday. We win on Sunday. Then we'd have to drive two, three hours and try to catch the last <laughs> two games on the, the, the other team. You know, but I, I played basketball too. Soccer wasn't my thing. I hated track. I hated track. You hated track. I hated track. Who loves track? <laughs> <laughs> hated track. I, yeah. I, it's true. I'd rather watch paint peel. That's just my thing. Yeah. Actually, run. <laughs> that actually, you know, the only time I'm running, Joe, is if my mom's calling me to come in here. That's the only time I'm running. But or if I have to go to the bathroom. But that's what, there's no. I just don't do it. You don't see. Well, I mean, I was I was a ball baseball player, so I used to always tell everybody I hated running. I'd run ninety feet and stop. Yeah. <laughs> 90 feet and stop. 90 feet and stop. That's you know, it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, you know, Jace, with you choosing football and stuff, I know it was been. It could be pretty hard on your mom uh, watching. Oh, my baby's gonna get hurt, and she can do that. How was it for your mom? Did your mom ever say, you know, Jace, be be careful, or did she try to stop you from playing football, or was that just something, or is that just that might just be an, an, an every mom, you know, scenario in their own head? Yeah, I think she fe- she uh, shed a few tears after a few injuries. Uh, yeah, just because she's super protective, and you know, every time I get hurt. Cause I had a few injuries, but every time I get hurt, she would be like, "Are you are you sure you want to keep playing? You can play baseball, you know. <laughs> you don't have to get hit in that." But no, she was she was super supportive, and you know, I know it was tough for her to watch the game and see me get hit hard a few times. But you know, she was always supportive and just having me back. Well, now that you talk about that, talk about when was the who was the hardest or what's the hardest hit you've ever received in any sport. Well, I've been hit hard a few times. There was, there was two, I would give two times. One time, uh, we were playing Lovett Cooper as a sophomore in high school and had to just, it was a fourth down and had to throw it. And they have it on film. I get hit so hard in the stomach because I had to jump throw it. Mm. Get hit so hard in my stomach that my head actually touched my knees. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> got folded like a lawn chair. And then there was another game in high school. It was, it was fourth down. We were down by like two or three touchdowns, and I threw it. It was a really cold game. Threw it, and I thought it was incomplete because my head was ringing. So I just started walking towards the sidelines, and everybody yelling, "Jace, come back, come back!" And we got the first down, 
and I was walking to the other team sideline. Wow. Yeah, I would <laughs> say so, that's so that's pretty I, good. Yeah, that's yeah, a pretty I got good hit pretty hard. Yeah. That, was, that was a rough, rough morning. <laughs> well, so you, you, so you had your bell rung, and, and see that that shows a lot of a lot of character about yourself because I think uh, you know, in my personal opinion, to become one of, uh, a top athlete, you you got to take you you get injured, you get hurt, and you accept. You accept all the things, you know, good and bad, but mostly the good to build yourself to the person that you are today, basically. And, and you know, and, I'm, and we ask that question to kind of get a feel of what your character is. And you laugh about it now and you're like, man, you know, getting hit like that. I remember that and stuff. Those were good times. And, and of course, we even remember those good games. Uh, man, one that comes to mind in high school when, when I, I, I won't forget, I think you had to run in for, uh, I think, a two-point conversion. Uh, to make the to to get the touchdown for the to the win for the Mustangs. And who who were we playing? Do you remember that whole play right there where we were actually? I think it was. I'm not even sure how what, how far we were out, but I know we had to go in for a two point conversion. I remember you having to take the ball yourselves and run it. Uh, pretty much. I don't remember. I just know that all I remember is screaming. Mm-hmm. I think I got my bell rung just from <laughs> screaming myself because it was so <laughs> exciting. But let me tell you guys, it's Mr. Jace Hammock here, and and he has done a, a great job as quarter. But but do you remember? Those type of plays, like like I'm just describing there, that's something that you just won't ever forget, uh, and everything. And I'm sure you've had a, a lot of uh, you know thought, and and even probably just laying that you know in bed saying, "Man, those are some good times. Those are fun. I miss my buddies and what have you." Uh, and then you got to the end of your senior year. What was it like for you playing your senior year in football? Oh, it's it's one of those deals that uh, you don't really want to. It's like you want to savor it up. Everything happened leading up to that point so fast that you just want to kind of take in the little, you know, the long days of practice, the uh, the team meals and stuff like that. So, I mean, it was one of those ones where you don't want to see it go. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I made it, I did it, stuck through it all, you know, all the hard times and stuff. So, I mean, it was one of those uh, bittersweet moments. Definitely, uh, definitely miss it, you know, being with the team and stuff. But it was... It was a cool experience to get to do that not a lot of people get to have. Yeah. And so it's just a big blessing. Jace, well, you're your fellow Andrews resident. Um, you go off to college. You, you know, it was a little bumpy right at first, mm-hmm. you know. You started off where first? Was it Mc, McMurray? McMurray, and you go to Hardin Simmons. Or, uh, ACU. ACU Avenue yeah. Christian. And then you, you finally end up going to, uh, what is it, Mary Hardin? Mary Hardin Baylor. Mary Hardin Baylor. And. Uh, so when you're there, you're from a small town. And when you get to college, like we said, you get the best of the best. You're going to have different people from different cities, different states. Um, what was it about Andrews that you were able to take with you to not only to make a team like that, a national Tampa caliber team? I mean, you know there's athletes there. What was it that you were able to get from Andrews to get to a school like that with these prime athletes and be their leader? Because... The quarterback, whether you want to or not, is the leader of the team. So what were you able to take from your roots to a place like this? I think it was just stuff instilled in me when I was young, you know, from my parents and then just people around town, just, you know, just being tough and uh, just always being a hard worker. And that's something like a guy like Shad Williams, you know, taught me when I was young. He trained me for a while and just, just hard work. It beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And he said that when he when I was in middle school, so, and it stuck with me to the to this day. And uh, so I mean, just growing up in a, a small town like that, where you can't really take anything for granted because if you don't work hard, you're not going to get 
what you want, you know? Exactly. And so, I mean, that definitely stuck with me and helped me transition to the college world and, you know, playing with guys from different all walks of life. And uh, so, I mean, definitely having that instilled in me growing up is just, it was huge. And then just like my faith in God growing up. I mean, that's the biggest thing. That is the doubt. biggest thing, yes. Yeah. And, and that, you know, I'm glad you stated that and stuff because that, that really is a, an essential part, you know, because I, I fully believe without God, you can't you can't really do anything and stuff. And I know your dad agrees with that. Mm-hmm. Your mom agrees with that as well. Um, so getting into that collegiate level, uh, you came off a quarterback. Was quarterback always your position of choice? Is that what you always started out as? Yeah, I mean, that's always what I wanted to do. Uh, in high school, I played – uh, wide receiver and linebacker son until my senior year so you know I was always flirting around with having to be a tight end at like when I was at ACU they wanted me to be a tight end but I always knew quarterback was what I wanted and I just felt like that's what I well that goes a long way of saying you know right there's a lot of kids out there who are like you know no this is what I want to be and you have coaches telling them no move over here move this do that and like deep down you knew it you know you're always going to have your naysayers mm-hmm. I mean Maybe it was a naysayer from those coaches telling you to be a tight end or whatever. Like, you weren't going to be a quarterback. But you can take that and you can use it as fuel. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can, and, and that's what athletes... Athletes can take things certain ways. They can take the negative and just let it dominate them and go down. Or they can do what you did. Take the negative and let it fuel themselves to try to strive and try to be even better so they can... You know, prove it. But I, I want to go back to what you said about Shaw. What was that quote that you said Shaw said? Uh, be, uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And, and that's, that's, uh, that's amazing because you were in middle school, you said, and when you heard that. Now, the shoes on the other, you know, you're wearing mm-hmm. the shoe now. You know, like, is there things that you tell kids? Do you, do you have opportunity? Do you have chances where you go talk to other kids? And, I mean, because kids, I'm pretty sure now recognize you. Yeah. You know, you used to be uh-huh. just a regular little kid walking around when you saw Shaw, like, oh, man, that's Shaw. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. and now you're shot. Yeah. You know, now yeah. you're Jace Hammett. You yeah. know, you're you're the man now. When you walk around, people won't sure recognize you. Mm. Yeah, and uh, I've I've actually gotten to talk to a few kids. Uh, uh, Irvin Sanchez, you know, he owns the uh, STL training, and he's had me come in and talk to a few kids. And at the time, it's like, uh, you know, I just, I'm just a normal. Like, I don't think people look at me in a certain way mm-hmm. because I never expected that. And so, but looking back now. Some, I guess if I say something like shots because I've said the quote to those kids the same quote I, so maybe if I can say something like that that'll, that'll stick with them and you know they'll be able to be in that spot later on you know and the crazy thing about that Jace is that we're seeing this at the, the, the perspective of sports mm-hmm. but in reality it's, it's true about life in general you know you know um, there's many jobs out there that if you just rely on talent it's only going to take you so far. Mm-hmm. But if you put the hard work into it, you know, whether you're going to be an athlete or you're going to go work in the oil fields or you're going to go be a doctor or whatever it is, I mean, it's always going to take that hard work. And it's that grind, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you didn't just walk up to campus and you were a national champ. Yeah, never. I mean, if especially from a place like here, if you don't work hard, you're, you'll never make it. There's no – you got no, no shot. Uh, so, I mean, just always – being ready to learn more and work harder. Uh, you know, I have a, had a, a national championship coach tell me that he'll never be the smartest person in a room. So no matter what room he's in. So I mean, stuff quotes like that stuck with me just on finding different ways to get better. And I think that's how you have to attack 
whether it's sports or life, just finding finding ways to better yourself every day. You know, I, I follow up on that, and, and all I hear is just the humbleness from you, and I think that you have to be humble, uh, even as a, as, a, as a great athlete as you, to go on and do that, because when I asked you, you know, was quarterback always your position of choice, and, and it's like you had stated in high school, you you know, you did the, the wide receiver, you did the, you know, you were linebacker, and then the last year you just you just excelled at being a quarterback, and, and that was your niche. You know, it it took a lot of different people, a lot of different coaches to say, Jace, I, I can see you doing this, man. Let's get you to try this. Let's get you to try this. So, And I know you thank those coaches, even when you went to McMurray or ACU, because they wanted to try you at different things. Uh, but in your heart still, you're like, man, I, I'm really good at quarterback. I know I can do this. And so doing that, you, you were receptive to what they were trying to do. You still did what coaches were trying to do at a high level because that's what you want to do. You want to be obedient to them. And, and say, you know what, coach, I'm here to do work for you. And, and we gotta, we got to let kids know that these days and, and even young adults and stuff, sometimes you just have to let your own pride down and listen to what some of these other people are telling you. I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, like you said, you didn't become the quarterback to your senior year. Mm-hmm. So you were, the t- you were a, a receiver and a linebacker your sophomore and junior year, and you knew your quarterback material. Mm-hmm. You knew what you had. But yet, you put team first. Nowadays, there's a lot of kids out there who are like, no, I, I, I need to be the point guard, or I need to be the, the center, or I need to be the shortstop. And it's just like, look, we need you here for the team right now. And, and that's pretty impressive. That's, you know, like you said, you, you went off to college, you're like, no, we want you to be a, t- a tight end, you know? And, and what happens? You go off, you do what you do, you're asked of, but then you move on and you, be, you prove yourself and you prove everybody else that you are a national champion caliber quarterback. Yes. So, graduations here, I'm sorry, when you graduated from high school, you get an acceptance letter. Did you have, how many different colleges were looking at you at the time? Do you remember? Well, leading up to my senior year, I was talking with uh, Texas State. You know, I was supposed to be going to their camps or uh, had Boise State had me coming to a camp. You know, different schools like that. I actually had a preferred walk on to Oregon where Shad's at now. But, I mean... I broke my ankle right before senior year, so I couldn't work out and go to those camps. So, I mean, with that being said, once I graduated, I, I, I had to tell, my dad had me tell to all those colleges, you know, I got hurt. And so they would text back like, hey, sorry, you know, we're going to have to move on with the quarterback we found at camp. So, I mean, that was tough, but uh, just just being able to move forward, you know. And we can even talk about that adversity and, mm-hmm. and the adversity of, of injuries and stuff. And we kind of touched a little bit based on that. You know, we asked, you know, have you ever gotten hurt and how was your senior year playing? Because I know a lot of the time when you want to go off and excel, a lot of the times you, you it it's the whole mentality of the game. So you think at it, I always would tell my kids when I coached, just grow softball and stuff or whatever. I think it's 90% attitude and the 10% physical is where it's at. Mm-hmm. And so your attitude, you got to come in thinking this is your senior year. You could either be scared and try to protect yourself because, hey, I want to go to college and play, you know, or you can just go and ball out and do what you got to do while protecting yourself. But like when I asked you, how did you play your senior year? I mean, you know, you had hurt your ankle, uh, didn't think it was going to happen. Obviously, we we can't go into a a sport thinking we're going to get hurt or else you'll never be the best of who you can be, honestly. So you hurt your ankle then. Uh, and that is tough. That's one of the toughest things I've seen collegiate level, you know, recruiters come out and say, oh, 
You hurt yourself, you know, well, we tried, thanks, and shake your hand and goodbye. Mm-hmm. And it's tough, you know. So how, how did that make you feel? Just because you're human, we understand. Mm-hmm. How does that make you feel at, at, from where you're at today, knowing that, you know what, you know, I had these Oregon people or I had, you know, Division One looking at me and saying. I mean, Boise State. Yeah. yeah, but I know Oregon's a big name. I get it, but to me, like Boise State, yeah. they've played in the you know the big bowl games, yeah. you know, and to me that's impressive. Oregon's impressive. I know Shad's there and everything, and I, I cheer them on now. But to me, I, I always go back to the, the the Boise State versus Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and what was it, the Statue of Liberty yeah, at the time? Yeah. And, I mean, that I'm not a I'm not an Oklahoma fan at all, but I was just like, wow. Yeah. Like yeah. I watched that game. That was very impressive. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. Like what, what was that? How does that make you feel? When you have these opportunities and all of a sudden something that's completely out of your hand, like how do you bounce back from that mentally? Uh, it's definitely tough, you know. Everybody's human. Yeah, I'd be lying if I said I didn't get sad for you know a week or maybe a little longer. I mean, that, I think that's just something that naturally happens. So, but the big thing was is I had a good support. You know, my parents, friends, family, and everything. Uh, that was pushing me, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. Everything happens for a reason. Just work hard. So that that's the way I took it is now I have, I'm set back that much more, so I have to work harder. And so I think that's how you have to attack everything. It's just uh, if different types of stuff happens in your life, trials, uh, you just got to work harder, you know, pray through it, get through it, fight through it. And then eventually it's going to work out better than what you thought it was going to be before before you got hurt so i mean i think just attacking it and working that, on that that's a really good attitude you say that because for me it brings up this quote for you is is the comeback is always greater than the setback mm-hmm. and and you you really really you know excelled in what you did and didn't let that stop you you know what you know and told yourself uh, mentally i can do this i'm gonna go off and play college i'm still gonna get accepted I'm still gonna get an education and so you took uh, the offer from uh, McMurray that was mm-hmm. the first one uh, you you signed the letter of intent and so going into now we're going into your first college year uh, as as a freshman uh, competing still because you have to still compete I mm-hmm. guess for quarterback how many other quarterbacks were you competing against at the time do you remember I think it was around 10 so there was 10 quarterbacks wow. and yeah, see. there was senior, a senior star, or starter coming back so he started and he was going to be a senior so, go ahead. So, as an ex-coach, this, this is where I kind of, I remember coaching, and I remember talking to seniors right before they're going to graduate, and they're looking to go on to play that sport, and you keep telling them, look, don't expect, just because you, you know, you've mm-hmm. succeeded here in Andrews, Texas, and you became, you know, the pitcher, or the shortstop, or the center fielder, the two-hole hitter, three-hole, whatever, right? And they, you, you were there, yeah. right? And, you, and the coaches are always trying to just remind them, look, you're going to go off to college, you were the big fish in a small pond. Now you're going to be an okay-sized fish in an ocean. Mm-hmm. Like, talk to us about that. Talk, I mean, because as much, you know, back when I was a coach, as hard and as often as you try to tell the kids that, because, you, you know, the hardest part is the work ethic. I remember you, Jace, you know, I got to coach you. And I remember you, practice would be over, and you'd go to the cages and you'd work harder. You don't see that as often nowadays. And uh, you try to tell the kids, look, you're not just working to improve yourself for now, mm-hmm. but you're trying to work yourself to improve yourself for what's up ahead. So talk to us about how what that experience was like for you. Oh yeah, I mean, when you're coming, when you're in high school and say you were the star player, whatever you want to call it, you you think I'm gonna go and start. You know, I'm gonna be that one guy 
the coaches tell me I'm going to go in there and start and I got a good chance to start. And then you go there and you're, I think it was eighth on the depth chart the first day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh man, like, you know, this is, this ain't what they said uh, was going to happen. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it was just, it was just one of those surreal moments that I think you have to, people can tell you, you know, they can tell you all they want. But until you realize, yeah, hey, it's not what they said it's going to be. You know, they're, they're going to lie to you to get you to go to the school right. and tell you how good you are. But once you get there, it's, it's, a, it's a competition. And so, I mean, I had to attack it in the sense of just just work as hard as I can. And, you know, maybe I can get to the second, second string or maybe if I'm lucky, first string. And so, I mean, just attacking it, it was, it was one of those where I was – again sad for a little bit because I wasn't starting like they said and you know but I, I think the biggest thing is you can't get frustrated you have to just know how you are how you are as a player and just work hard I mean it's got to be stuff if 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 it's not something you love then you're gonna just quit yeah and yeah that's and that's, that's what I used to always tell my athletes you know it's like when they graduate like look baseball's you know your later part of the year that beginning part of the year, they are going to run you. Mm-hmm. And you are going to run, and you're going to be like, why am I running so much? Baseball does not require this much running. I feel like a lot of times what they're trying to do is they're trying to see if you actually love the sport. Yeah. You know, because in high school, you're playing with your friends, your buddies, the mm-hmm. kids you grew up with. You have this connection, and you're just enjoying it. You get out of practice. You go off to each other's house. You eat. You play video games, or, or you do things together. All of a sudden, you go to a college. There's nobody else. You don't have another teammate. I mean, it's rare that you have two players from the same high school go off to the... And even then, maybe one's on defense, one's on offense. Like, So you're really not going to have that, that situation there. So like, I feel like that's what coaches do. Is that? Do you feel like that's kind of what happened? Oh, without a doubt. The, the first day you show up to camp, so they'll give you a summer workout, and they'll tell you to do it. First day is conditioning. Yeah. Uh, so you'll, you'll go through practice. I, I'll never forget this. You go through practice. It was They said it was like 116 degrees on the turf. Wow. It was one of those days where your feet are burning, you don't want to touch the ground. And so we finished practice, we're already tired because guys don't work out in the summer. Some guys don't work out in the summer, so they think they're, you know, I'll work out a week before. No, it's not gonna it's not gonna work out. And so we go, they tell us we have sixteen one tens. So there was three different groups. There was an O line group, and then it was like the mid skill, kind of bigger guys, and then the skill. And so I was in the mid skill. We had to watch the lineman group before we did it. And they're, I mean, guys, I promise you are passing out, crawling. And so you're just waiting there. Your stomach's curling. You're like, can I do it? You know, I've been working out, but have I been working out hard enough? And so we get it, and we're going. And it's like the fifth one. And a guy's hands on their knees. And he says, anybody else has their hands on their knees, up, downs. So what we had to do is because guys didn't listen. We ran back. First thing they did, hands on their knees. We're doing up downs until our next one started, so we don't get a break. There's a kid. There's a kid. He's saying he can't breathe, and he's he's like, I don't care. Keep running, and he's he's like one of those slow walks, and he just passes out. And they're like, he was like, everybody's like, he passed out. Coach, he passed out. He's like, I don't care. Roll him off the side. <laughs> <laughs> and so I mean, that's when you're like, oh, what did I sign up? You, you have to really love it at that point. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're trying to get you. Uh, Instead of bending hands on your knees, you're trying to get guys to lean on each other. And it was just little things like that. that At the time, you were so tired, you didn't realize it. But you're creating that team bond and getting a little closer every day. So Yeah. They definitely do that. And, 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 right? That's all 
for the love of the game. That's all attitude. That's all about being humble and self-discipline because you're right. Some of the guys are, oh, wait, do it. Well, you didn't have anybody there to push it. Well, if you want to be the best, you got to go out and get it. you got to do it yourself. And so, you know, with that stated and stuff, so you, you worked hard. You, you got at McMurray. You were there for one year mm-hmm. at McMurray. Uh, springtime rolls around. You're still training hard, okay? When was it that you decided, you know what, maybe this football team isn't the best for me or this school isn't the best for me? What was a big factor in you changing from McMurray to ACU? A big thing on me going there initially was the fact that they said I would go and start. They said they had a guy coming back, but they liked, they said they felt I was under-recruited and that they said I would have a good chance to come and about mid-year start. And so I didn't. And then when we have exit interviews towards the end of the year, he says, I'm sorry, I should have started you from game two and just let you build into that and just get more comfortable with it. And after that, I was so frustrated and immature at that time mm-hmm. that I didn't understand, you know, maybe I just had to sit and wait my turn. So I was frustrated. And then luckily I had a coach. He was a coach there at the school. And he said, hey, I think you could actually play at ACU, you know, they're a Division One school. And so he actually got me over there and helped me out and helped me transfer. So do you, do you, even though you faced that and, and you were still, you know, I'm glad you said, hey, you, you have the, the, you still have the, the humbleness to say, hey, I was immature at that time. Once again, folks, you got to understand too, we're all human. We're young. And we're young. We're, we're still young. young. We have that mentality. But yet, you, you, you're, you're still five steps ahead of everybody where you got to self-discipline. you got to be find a good positivity to keep working hard, keep working hard. And so your heart is you want to play. And that's mm-hmm. where everybody wants to be. I want to be starting quarterback. I want to play. Give me, let me time to play. Even though the coach is like, you know what, you know, Jason, I, I see you having that potential. But maybe that was actually God saying, you know what, Jason, we got something better for you exactly. coming up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where it comes in, even in a spiritual sense, where we almost have to be humble to God and say, you know what, I know he's got something bigger in plan for us. And lo and behold, he did. Mm-hmm. You know, believe it or not, he did. And so you switched over to ACU. Okay. Uh, well, how was that work out? Did, 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 did McMurray, you think that McMurray prepared you to play for ACU a little bit, did, did, what did you take? Let's just say, what did you take from McMurray to ACU at that time? You know, McMurray uh, is a smaller school, so I, I kind of learned, I mean, growing up, I was already at a small school. I learned to, because I do love the game, that I got to work work out for myself and, and for my teammates. I'm not, you know, but you have to push yourself to play at a school like that and to get to a school like ACU where a bunch of guys, they were, big recruits from Dallas, Houston, and you know, they, they're freak athletes, but they don't they don't have to work out necessarily. They could come in there, they're six three, two twenty five, chiseled, and they didn't work out a lick. Well like my old baseball coach, Coach Joe Ray Hawsey used to say about Shotter, he was just a mutant. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was just a mutant. You know, and and not to take any away from Shot because Shot literally worked his butt off to you know, everything he has he earned it. By working out, but but Shaw could have been one of those athletes, yeah. but he just showed up. He wasn't one of those athletes, but he could have. And, and that's what Joe Ray used to always say: is like he's a mutant. Mm-hmm. He's a mutant. And so, like when you're speaking about that, these boys from Houston and Dallas and all yeah. that, I mean, like 
that's where I can imagine like these probably these men when they finish the football career they probably go work for X Men and you know, yeah, exactly. become superheroes. <laughs> exactly. So so you go into ACU and and obviously there's a bigger bigger guys there. Um, you take whatever it is you learn the heart and stuff from McMurray, maybe a few of the of of the drills and stuff. You go mm-hmm. into McMurray. I'm sorry, the ACU. How was their workout regime? that summer compared to what McMurray was. Was it about the same? Was it different? Did you pick up more stuff? Oh, uh, yeah, it was, it was completely different. Um, when you, uh, D1s, they're allowed to, you have to live up there in the summer and work out. D3, you don't. You move back home, you're working out on your own. So you don't have a choice. Uh, you know, they'll kick you out the, the team because they're guys that are on scholarship and stuff. So so you're up there and it's, you wake, you're in the summer. Usually your summers are, you know, you kind of wake up, maybe it, 10, 11, then you work out whenever you want, then you play some video games. No, it's you gotta go to bed at around 9 to 10, wake up at 5.30 in the morning, do your workout then, and then you know proceed. Yeah. You got a, another workout later on in the day. So it was definitely tough, but it, it did build me up, and they showed me a bunch of good, you know, I had some really good coaches there. And so just being able to be in that environment, it, it helped me out a lot. I think that's pretty eye-opening when you're talking about how wake up at five in the morning, you go work out. I mean, cause when we were kids, we're like, oh, we want to go play for this school. We want to go play for that. But you really don't realize behind the curtain, you know, you're pulling back the curtain right now. You're opening it up. Hopefully we have some kids out there who are listening to this, what it's actually like to play at a college level. Yeah. And, and you know, it's not, oh, okay, I'm gonna go play video games or oh, I'm gonna go to the class, skip class maybe mm-hmm. every now and then. And, and you know, and just show up and practice. No, like it's it's practically a career. Mm-hmm. Once you get to college and you're a football player, it's a career, is what it is. I mean, exactly. you're putting in hours before practice. You're putting in hours after. I mean, talk about film work. What is that like watching film? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a reality check. It's 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 a job. I I still think it's a job because it's an all day thing. When you're when you have camp, so you have fall camp right before the season. It's, it's they don't call it two days, but it's still two days. Uh, so you'll wake up, you have to go to morning breakfast. We'd have to sit there, the coach would watch you eat. If you were a lighter guy that needed to gain weight, you'd have to eat two plates before you could leave. Wow. If you're a fatter guy, you'd get half a plate. <laughs> you got rationed. Yeah. yeah so I, and then, then you proceed, you go to film, uh, and you, then you go to a meeting to where what you're going to practice over that day. Then you go practice, then you come back, you watch that practice. And then you watch more film, or you, you, you take a lunch, then you watch more film, and then you you got to go to the trainer. And then if you if you don't got to go to the trainer, that's your nap. You get an hour or two-hour nap, whether... And then you can choose if you want to leave the facility or take it in the locker room. And then you go right back, you have uh, like a little quick little meeting, 30-minute meeting, go out, you do your walkthrough that you're not walking at. <laughs> and then and then you end the day, you end the day with your conditioning or whatever and so that's an everyday thing that's five days and then typically uh, sometimes we'd have a scrimmage on that Saturday so you get your Sunday and you still have to come up there and watch film so it's the whole thing and it's just repeat and then you start the season and it's you end every night you don't get back till seven then you got your homework and you know yeah. and so you you really have to learn. That freshman year was tough. You have to learn how to manage your time. If you don't learn how to manage your time, you're not going to have a fun time. Yeah. yeah, so. yeah you know, that's a lot of stuff. And, and just like Joe had you know, iterated, a lot of the young kids don't know how it is. And, and mm-hmm. we're going to keep stating that in there. But you're going into college. You're, you're getting – you have, a, you have a, a resume that you do, you know, every day. 
And that's a lot of work. I mean, that's a set schedule that you have to yeah. do. This is at only at a college level. Mm-hmm. A pro is probably five, ten yeah. times more. I mean, what mm-hmm. they have to do, you know. So you're getting prepared for what you want to do later on. So you're at ACU. How many, how many quarterbacks were – they basically said, hey, we're going to want you to start. How many were competing for that quarterback position? Uh, there were, yeah, there were seven. There were seven at that school. And when I transferred over there, uh, I think they had me uh, six, six, somewhere around there. And so you just kind of so you know once again you know you're you're competing against mm-hmm. high level and division one mm-hmm. so there's there's a little bit more quarterback a little bit more talent because they just go on on recruits and stuff like that and mm-hmm. and mind you they're and you're looking at thousands of kids that they're looking at all over the United States and and stuff to to come to their school so you're competing again you go through uh, you were at ACU for for a year right mm-hmm. okay so. You go through ACU that whole season. How many did you get to start any games there? No, I didn't get to play my first year there. You actually, I actually had to sit out for a year. So you were red, red shredded, or was yeah, it? yeah. It was due to you would you you would typically lose a year, but because I went from D three to D one, I just got the red shirt because mm. I didn't do that as a freshman. So okay. I just had to sit out a year, but I still had another three years left. So you still had, which was good, mm-hmm. and so. That year came around. You learned more because mm-hmm. you got more from their quarterbacks coach and their coaches. Yeah. Come around springtime and the school, Mary Harden Baylor, Baylor. Mm-hmm. Mary Harden Baylor, MHB, came to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, Did you go looking for them or did they actually come to you? It was actually one of my old coaches. Um, he, so we, my, I actually spent two years at ACU. My, okay. That first year I couldn't play. And then the second year, I had worked my, or that obviously I worked my way up. They told me, you know, you're going to have a chance to maybe compete for the job. So I was pretty excited. Then that whole coaching staff gets fired. Mm. And, and that, that's a hard thing, too, yeah. when the coaching staff gets fired. So they bring in their own guys. You know, they got a whole new coaching staff. They're bringing in their own transfers, you know, everything. So one of my old coaches, I actually had an old coach from McMurray and an old coach from ACU. They both went to UMHB. And uh, after that, after that second year, I was like, you know, I think I could play. I was a little frustrated with things that happened towards the end of the year. They told me I was going to play, and then I didn't get to play in the last game. So I, I was frustrated. And then uh, I got to, luckily, I got blessed, and they, they called me. And so after that, it was just, you know, just got to transfer over there and just loved it. So you, you got the infamous call. You got the acceptance from, from MHB. Mm-hmm. And... Mind you, folks, MHB is a really, really good college. Really high in the uh, in the sports collegiate level as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, in my personal opinion, is, I mean, they recruit the best as well, if not any, you know, any other Division One type school. So you go into MHB. <clears throat> the, those guys are huge, man. <laughs> and I'm looking at I'm looking at Jace here, and and mind you, I become one of one of Eric Hammock's good friends and stuff throughout the years. And so then I start becoming, you know, I see Jace and keeping up with Jace as well. But and then you know I get a chance to go watch a couple of your games, and and I see you on on film, I see you on on Facebook because your dad's streaming. He's at every mm-hmm. game, and I'm looking at the size of these kids. I'm like, man, these guys are huge, man. And uh, first year, how many are competing? For MHB position on the quarterback level, I think there was thirteen guys. They had just lost their quarterback, and they brought in. They said they just brought in everybody they could get to there, 
and it was just going to be an all-out brawl for the But they tell everybody the same thing, right? Exactly. Everybody's hey, like... Hey, you have a chance yeah, to compete yeah, for yeah. the starting position. Uh-huh. Every, which is technically true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everybody's having that chance for a starting... Uh, so, first day, it was just... A, I mean, you just got to work hard, and uh, you meet everybody, and everybody's in that room. So, you meet them the night before. Everybody's in that room just kind of, you know, <laughs> just sizing each other up. Yeah. You know, who's going to be the good one? I stuff. can already see it. Yeah, that guy... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't get to worry about him. We're done to like, I, I got him. <laughs> well, that that's awesome, man. That you even state that, and so you, all those guys that you're waiting to, you know, compete against again. What was it? Because it, there was a there was already a set quarterback above you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What was it that finally gave the coach to say, you know what, we're going to start Jace, and then after that, pretty well, much. Let's, let's, let's go back a little bit. If I'm not mistaken, they had somebody to start, but it was, I guess, you were alternating. Is that how it was working? Yeah, so what they did, they were, initially, it was kind of like a two, he he had also transferred from a bigger school, and so it was, I guess it was really, they kind of had us at the top uh, of the depth chart, and they gave it to him first because he, he, he had played, he played at a team that actually won the national championship the year before, and he played in the playoff game and had like seven touchdowns. So he he did really good. So they're like, you know, he's already played. They're just gonna have him up there, and then me sitting on the other side. I think I played a couple downs, you know, and so it was just it was just he was starting, and then he would go four plays, I would go two, and so I I just knew my mindset was I just had to. When I get those two, I gotta be perfect. Every time I get the two, can't complain about getting the two, just with, with what you have, be perfect. And then initially, it would go up to the next day I had three. And then the next day I had four. And then we had a scrimmage. I didn't do too hot in the first scrimmage. I did all right. And then we had another scrimmage. And that's where I was able to get the starting job. You'd get the starting mm-hmm. job just just by, I guess the coach is getting a better feel from you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's tough. And and not only that, I mean, you're you're competing against these other guys, and, and now you're you're in the top two. You're still like it, I, I've never been in that position to know what it's like to be because obviously y'all are pretty good friends. I mean, mm-hmm. y'all become oh, yeah. friends, right? But then you're like, well, I gotta beat you out. Yeah. How, how does that work? Because I mean, a part of me, in my own sense, is like I don't like you because you're ahead of me, but yet we're good friends. You know, yeah. hey, you know, we're still. Well, it's one of those deals, also, like. We're still on the same team, so I'm, I'm trying to beat you for the position. But if you happen to beat me, then I got to root for you. Yeah, you know I got to root for yeah. you because your success is the success of our team. Mm-hmm. You know, so. and, and that's tough too. I mean, that's a tough thing. You know, as a human, you're like, well, man, I'm. You know, even when we play golf, but hey, we're rooting for each other. But then, hey, I want to be better than yeah. him. You know what yeah. I mean? So uh, you're still real good friends with, mm-hmm. I guess, most of the guys that you've oh, yeah, surpassed and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So now you won the starting position. You're balling out. This is this is the first year you you're actually getting the starting position and you're playing pretty much every play, mm-hmm. correct? So tell us about that. Tell us how what it was like to finally say, call your dad. Hey, dad. You know what? I think I was actually there when when you called your dad. You know, say, hey, dad, I'm starting. You know, this is this is what's going to happen. How, yeah. how was that for you? You're now now you're like you got the starting position. Yeah. Okay. Now you know all excited, but then now you got to go out and do it and prove yeah. it and keep that. Mm-hmm. So how was that? How was that for you when the coach said, "You know what? We're gonna we're gonna start you." It was like it was so 
at the, at the same time, it was so exciting, and then it was like to the point to where I had been out, I hadn't played in such a long time. It's like, man, I feel like if I go out there and mess up once, it's over, and I'll never get another chance, you know. So it was like I was so happy, but at the same time, I was so scared because I didn't want to lose it. But I knew also, I also knew I was like, if I go out there scared and don't just play how and play, just feel loose, then I'm gonna lose it anyways. So, you know, just talking with him and he calmed me down and, you know, he was all excited. So it was, it was all, it was all just an awesome moment. Just to f- the fact that you, you go through all that trials and tribulations and stuff and you're praying through it and you're like, ah, you know, may, it might never work out. You might never get what you want, but it, in the end, you know, he had something way better planned than me. So it was, it was awesome. Watching you play and stuff, and, and I know you got to give a lot of credit to your O line because those are the guys that are protecting yeah. your life. Mm-hmm. Because man, the O line, all of them put together, you know, is probably the size of a small yacht. I mean, they're huge yeah. guys, you know. So you're giving a lot of credit to your O line. Uh, it the the offensive scheme was was it a it was more of a pass game. Mm-hmm. Well, they. Our coach is really old school, and he loves to run. He loves to run, and uh, initially it was they wanted to run a read option with me. And, I mean, I'm not the fleetest of foot. So, I mean, it was it was almost like a conflict of, yeah, you know. So we kind of went to more of a – they still had that read option in there because he still – he had to have it in there. But yeah. it also it, – yeah, it definitely kind of moved more towards the passing spectrum because we had – I mean, we had athletes everywhere. Yeah. And, we we were blessed. We had a running back. I think he ran for almost two thousand yards. Oh, and so I mean, it, we just had guys everywhere on the field. And I, yeah, I had a chance, like I said, watch a couple of you. And then the time that I went to see you, y'all play and stuff, that running back was God. He was incredible. Uh, y'all's wide receivers had speed and stuff. And and to give you credit as well, when you chunked the ball, you chunked it precisely. Mm-hmm. You were fearless out there, man. And even when you had to run four or five yards, you mm-hmm. ran it. I could hear your dad screaming, don't run it, because he was afraid you were going to yeah. get crushed, you know? <laughs> and they're like, what you doing, run? He's slow, he can't yeah. run. You know, but then seeing, you know, what you were doing, you had the eye for it. You could read the field. I'll go, I'll, let, me go, let me go back a little bit to about Jace's speed, okay? <laughs> I had the privilege to coach him, okay? Jace led our team. Mm-hmm. With steals his senior year. <laughs> Thank you for saying that, because my teammates at college would not believe me. All right. Jace, Jace led the team in steals. And, and, and here's the thing that I, I, I'll, I'll say something about Jace. is like, Jace studies the game. Jace knows the game, and he sees the game. And that's what he took with him in baseball. Jace wasn't the fastest player on our team. But Jace knew the, the situation. He knew what the pitcher was thinking. He knew that they probably didn't expect him to steal. He knew... Jace was able to know, okay, this is a curveball count. And he would, you know, he looked for his opportunities. And opportunities were always there. So I kind of feel like when Jace was on the football field, it was four yards to get taken. He knew his opportunities. I can get those four <laughs> yards. Yeah. So, so, and so, yes, for, for when you make sure you have your, 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 go ahead and state it again. <laughs> Jace Hammock. His senior year led our team with the most stolen bases. And no, it was not with one and it was not with two. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, you were in double digits. Yeah, it was definitely double digits. <laughs> it was double digits. So, so but high school prepared you for these moments, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so that's good. That's good. So yeah, you, you balled out. You did you did phenomenal well. That year, this is this is uh, the first year you, you took over start, starting quarterback that had the read option. You could pass, you could run, or he ran that. Y'all the teams y'all played 
y'all crushed them. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely <laughs> crushed them. This is the same year, first year doing all this, and the same year you go off and win the national title. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who was the toughest opponent that year? Uh, there was a team from Minnesota. Uh, they were, it was St. John's, and I promise you that was the biggest team I've ever seen. Just a bunch of just corn-fed boys, <laughs> and like, and, and we and now mind you, we played a team called Whitewater. They were, they were a powerhouse in D three for a long time, and they they had a six, I think six seven or six eight offensive guard. Wow! But the St. John's team, they had like the first lineman, or one of the first guys from D three to get drafted. He was six seven, just huge. And they were all like that. It was like the smallest dude was like six five, three hundred pounds. And that game, I'll never forget it. Is like the same defensive lineman touched me every single play, and he was he would like come by, slap me on. Even if I got it off and threw it, he would slap me on the butt and say, "I'm coming, I'm coming." And, and, and <laughs> to me, I have a sense of a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Freddy Krueger, Jason, yeah. coming. I'm coming I'm for you. Exactly. And that's the middle part of the game where it puts it in your head, right? And that's in the back of my mind. And I have my old lineman, they're coming up to me like, I'm sorry. He's just, <laughs> he's just, he's just good. And I'm like, it's all right, it's all right. Just get him. I just need three seconds, you yeah. know, whatever it was. And so, I mean, games like that are just the ones you – That's that was my favorite type of game was one of those. Not one of those ones where we kill somebody and then – or sitting out at halftime and just you know. yeah, because you want to compete exactly. the best to see where you're at, mm-hmm. you know, physically and, and mentally too. Because and that <laughs> that touching on the butt, say I'm coming. That puts a big, even though you try to brush it out. <laughs> most athletes, most athletes are like, yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah. But still, in reality, yeah. it is there. Yeah, so exactly. talk is a big, big thing, you know, to psych them up. So you get you get to the final game. Yeah, y'all did, y'all went. Was it undefeated that? That season before the mm-hmm. international game, okay, and tell us about that whole game. Who, who did y'all play, and what was your whole preparation for that? Whole give us the emotional yeah. leading up. Give us what it's like. Get, I mean, national championship. Yeah, that's, that's this. Like, this is there's a game very right? few people. Yeah. Tell us what it's like getting up to it, pulling up to the stadium. What does it feel like? What do you see? What does it feel like during the game? Because you know, was it a nail brighter? Give yeah. us, give us the whole experience for us for that game so the year before i got there they actually played the same team in the national championship oh, wow. and they lost oh right? wow they okay. lost 12 to zero and i think the year before that they had beat that same team by like a it was like a fake punt we threw a fake punt completed so it's always been one of those you know it's 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 like our rival but it's i mean it, it's the rival of yeah. the school and right. you prepare all year the off season it's you're training for to beat Mount Union, and they're training to beat us. And that's, I mean, so it was one of those deals to where we're going to meet up eventually, and we know it, so it's going to it's gonna come down to who worked harder. And so uh, uh, that two, we- two weeks, or two playoff games before, the last couple seconds, I rolled my ankle. They thought it was just a sprained ankle. And then uh, I think the week of the national championship, I get, or no, they wouldn't let me get an MRI. And so I'm telling them, you know, this, this, I'm hurting, but I, I didn't have a choice. So I get shots in my, I get shots, two shots in my ankles. I had a shot in my shoulder to lead up. So I was nervous for the game. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, we got teammates. They're getting sick. So we're all, everybody's nervous yeah. leading up to it. But we're all excited at the same time. So uh, we, we get to walk around, practice, practice before 
you know, it was really cool. It was like, okay, we're playing here, and, you know, we're going to have a bunch of fans. going to be on ESPN. And so it didn't sleep very much the night before. It was one of those <laughs> ones where you're just so excited, and then you're just kind of picturing, you know, different plays that uh-huh. are going to pop up. So you say your prayer before you go out, and it was one of those ones where you're just getting chills. Yeah. You walk out, the crowd's cheering. It's like the whole world just stops for a little bit. Yeah. And so you're just trying to take that in. And then, you know, going to death, like, you got the national anthem, we're all walking across, and you're looking at them, and it was just like, I don't know, it was like, kind of like a war movie, in a sense, we're all holding hands, and we're just looking at them, like, you know, we're about to go to war. And so, it was really, like, a, just an awesome moment in that time, and then, kickoff happens, and it's just, just fear just sets in, it's like, oh, you're national television you know you worked hard but did you work hard enough and just all these different questions are going on and it it was I think the first the first first or second drive we get I fumble oh, man. I fumble and they they pick it up and they kick a field goal and we're down we're down 10 to 0 and everybody's freaking out on the sidelines I mean freaking out we have they have like the I guess the people alumni or like the important people they're sitting on our sidelines and they're yelling yelling at us like come on pick it up you know saying our names and, and they get teammates like oh bro are you okay are you okay i'm like just calm down just calm down it's gonna be okay i promise and so for some reason i was just so calm and i don't know it was just it was weird i was so calm and then that's when it happened it was like a it was like the start of the second quarter make a play it was like a just have to like jump and throw it off my back foot, best ball I've ever thrown. And after that, it was just like smooth. Like the offense was moving, the defense started picking it up. It's like everybody calmed down. And so it was just, you, uh, we were up by a touchdown or four points, something like that. And we, we had we had the ball, we were going, we, we just made like three big plays in a row. Mm-hmm. And if we score a touchdown, it's, it's the dagger. And I'll, I'll never forget it. We had a play on, on like, the right side. And I see out of my corner of my eye, it's like they're bringing a double safety blitz. So mm-hmm. if, my, if my receiver sees it, he's going to be wide open. Like, no one's even by him. Say, hut. And I just catch it, and I just see him pop his hand up because he saw it, too. Just throw it. And you're just watching it, like, please don't that. drop it. Please. And it was, like, the slowest. Just I remember that. Slowest. And, and I, I mean, I just... I felt like I thought about so much <laughs> in that time. Yeah. So I'm like, I think I've answered the life question. Why are we here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so he catches it and just, I like, they have, like, I'm just, I'm just running around yelling. They have it on film and, you know, just yeah. pumped up. I'm slapping people and shaking him by the head. <laughs> it's because I knew we won. And it was just like that moment of just, just fear, just happiness of just, yeah. we had worked all that hard and, our practices were brutal. We're just, you know, just physical practices. Guys getting hurt in practice, and you know, staying after practice, and just the years leading up to it. So it was just such a just a fun moment. Just like it was like a huge blessing. And and, and you know, for you to be you know putting you on the spotlight, you're the quarterback, mm-hmm. you're the leader, mm-hmm. so you have more pressure on you going into a national championship game than anything for you to come out and stay and say guys we got to stay calm everything and then all of a sudden something a part of you just comes over and, and you probably throw in close to probably over a million passes mm-hmm. you would think practice and everything 
your body just takes over to go into the motions. You know what to do. You've done it so much. Mentally, your body's doing it. I got this. Your whole emotional, you have to set your whole emotions back mm-hmm. and say, okay, yeah, I'm nervous. It's good to be nervous. You set it back, all of a sudden, you're just balling. You're just there just to ball. Mm-hmm. And have fun doing it. And I'm sure you thought about even walking up when you first holding hands, going up and stuff and doing that. Like, man, I was at McMurray. I had to compete against 10 other spots, 13 mm-hmm. other spots, 7 other spots, 14, whatever else spots. And now I am here ready to ball out and show who these people, who I am. Yeah. To, to, to go out there and just do what you had to do to, to come home with that champion. And, and, you know, that game ended. Watching you on film, I mean, that was exciting for all y'all. Your, your dad was excited. Your mom, your whole family, man, was lit. Mm-hmm. Uh, y'all balled out. And what was the final score? I, I think it was, I believe it was 24 to 16. And, and mind you folks, just, just to give you a sense, 24 to 16 is actually was a pretty close score because the other opponents said, y'all would blow them out. Mm-hmm. What was the highest score, like 78 to 3 oh, or yeah, something? Yeah. I mean, it was. Well, yeah, we scored 90 on the team. <laughs> Natty on the team. team. We're we're talking football here. (laughs) We're not (laughs) talking basketball. No, this is this is football. Football, Football. and they're blowing these teams out. So coming into a competitive like that, like this team was legit. Mm -hmm. They were legit. So so was MHB. They were legit. Which mad props to to you as the athletes and to your coaches because I mean, it's one thing to have a, a team that's just blowing people out, pulling people out, blowing people out. But eventually, you just start you start thinking of yourself real high, mm-hmm. you know. And then when you actually have a challenge, you, a lot of times you just flop. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that, 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 mad props to the coaches to keep you humble, to keep you hungry, to keep you striving to just continue to get better. What was that like for you? I mean, as a quarterback, you're like, oh god, here we go. Here's another touchdown. Here's another touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like what is it like? What kept what kept you hungry throughout that season? To, to... Uh, I mean. The whole season, guys are just telling me, you know, because we're we're blowing teams out. And I'm like, man, this is like this. Ain't, this is almost to the point to where it's not even fun anymore. Because we're it's if we don't win by seventy, we're getting in trouble and thing. <laughs> yeah. And we're at the time we're like, man, why are we getting in trouble? You know, we just we just our first game we win ninety ninety something to like three yeah. or something yeah. like that. That's <laughs> crazy. And we're like, why are we getting yelled at? And at the time, we didn't realize that. Every single little play mattered. So if you didn't have, if they weren't coaching every little play, then that last game we would we would have got killed, because that team was you know it's a they set you on such a high pedestal you have to live up to that and if you don't they'll move on from you, and so that's something we learned. I'll never forget we won, we won the the first playoff. No, we won, yeah, we won the first playoff game, and we're all excited. And, or I'm all excited. I'm in the locker room, pumped up, and my teammates are like, "No one has any emotion." Like the guys that have been there, we're like, "What's like, what's going on?" Yeah. They're like, "Dude, it doesn't get hard till around three, so just just stop yeah. cheering." I'm like, you're like <laughs> yeah, we just you know we just want a playoff game. Yeah. No, it's it, we, we're trying to win a national championship. And so that's when you're like, "This this, this is real. real. This you is, realize the level that they're at exactly." And and so. We hadn't been losing in a game until that championship game. That was the first time all season we were losing at any point in the game. And so we were down 10-0. to And that's when it's like, uh, how are we going to react to adversity? Which is pretty impressive because you haven't had to face it all year. You know, in many seasons, I mean, uh, high school, whatever, 
you always facing a point to where you're losing. Mm-hmm. I mean, no team ever goes through an entire season winning all the time. I mean, it just took you actually the national championship mm-hmm. to actually have exactly. to see that adversity. So that's that's pretty impressive on the athletes there and the coaches again. I mean, yeah. as, as a former coach, I mean, that's the hardest thing. I mean, you try to set up your schedule to where you're going to have to face some adversity at some point. You you, you know, maybe you stack some 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 uh, schools that you know you're supposed to be. You stack some schools who are probably at your level and you stack some schools that are above your level. But whenever you're, you have a schedule and you're killing everybody and you don't trail anybody to that championship game. I mean, that's difficult. Yeah. That's difficult. And I see that too. I mean, Joe, the adversity of it. And it's not just the adversity of, you know, you're killing people, then you get to the national championship. The the big adversity too becomes mental because your shoulders hurt, Mm -hmm. because your ankles hurt, and you're playing in the national championship game. Mm -hmm. You're like, crap. So through this whole game, you're playing. You're probably not even thinking about the hurt. Or anything like you're just like I'm balling out for my team. I want to get these all these guys a ring. This is what I'm going for. And so even after the game, how was your shoulder? I'll never forget it. It was the worst pain I've ever had in my life. I was sitting. I was so happy we were winning, and when we won, we're all running around. You don't feel nothing. We're still got that adrenaline pumping, and we're running around yelling. Then we get a weight, and we go back. We have an interview, and come back, and we're sitting in the locker room. And I, like, I go to stand up and I couldn't walk. Come to find out, I had, that's when I had in my ankle, I had played with for, I think it was three, three weeks, two or three weeks, I had played with no ligaments. It was bone on bone. I had chipped off bone and I had torn, I think it was like three ligaments and partially tore two tendons. Wow. And then I had a slightly torn labrum in my shoulder. And so, I mean, at the moment, I was so happy, didn't feel nothing. But that that next that when we were leaving, trying to walk to the bus, and that whole night, oh, I was I was hurting just yeah. looking around, trying to keep up with everybody. You know? <laughs> that goes to show you, folks, that at a, at a high level, as Jay Samick was, he's hurt. He's playing hurt at a national championship. This is this is the top where you want to be. With all that was wrong with his ankle and his shoulder, I mean that that's that's incredible. Honestly, God held your hand through mm-hmm. that whole process right exactly. there, you know, and and that's amazing. Once again, sometimes, yeah, you you want to be the best, you're gonna get there. You have to play hurt. I've even seen it. You've seen Michael Jordan play through the flu, the stomach flu, whatever he had, wins the national championship. Mr. Jay Samick here, yeah. torn ligaments in his shoulder, torn ligaments and bone in his ankle. <laughs> this guy, I was looking at him out there, it looked like he was on on one foot with one arm and still wins the national championship. That's how I'm looking at it. How incredible is that, Joe? I mean, it takes a lot of mental fortitude. It takes a lot of mental fortitude. It takes a lot of heart. It takes a lot of um, I'm not going to quit attitude. Um, in sports, you're going to see all kinds of things. I mean, you, you, you brought up the Michael Jordan documentary. You know, he was, he was hurt. I guess it was his first or second year and the organization didn't want him to play and he's like I'm going to play like, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of what I'm hearing right now is like, like Jace, nothing was going to sit you down nothing no, was going to sit no. you down you were going to like yeah. you're going to have to get me on a stretcher and get me out of here in the ambulance and even then I'd like to think that Jace would like, like okay give me the ID give yeah. me the shot I'm going back out yeah. there you know kind of thing and you know Again, I go back to the kids. They think it's all about the limelight and about the fame and about just going out there and playing and having fun, but it's not. You're going to have those injuries. I mean, I was never at the athletic level what Jace was or or was going to be or anything like that, but 
I remember playing and I'd get an injury and I'd like I would fake it. I wouldn't tell anybody and I go through it. and now as an older man I feel I can tell you when the cold <laughs> weather's coming. Uh-huh. You know, it gets cold. And I'm pretty sure Jason's gonna have something yeah. to do with that. But uh, Jace, that's pretty impressive. So you know, let's go ahead and let's talk about to where you're at now. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about to what your plans are for now. So let, let our listeners know where's Jace Hamnick doing now and what does he have plans for the future. Uh, you know, I I was training for a pro day, mm-hmm. and then so I had we were going to the Baylor pro day, and then we had a CFL workout. So we're gonna be trying out for those teams. The scouts were all gonna be there, and you know we worked out whole uh, ever since football ended. We were working out for that moment. And then the COVID nineteen thing happened. And they had to cancel them. So small school guys, they lose pretty much everything. So it's either you gotta you have to work out for a year and hope they you know next year you get that opportunity, or you just you know move on. So right now I'm trying to. I'm trying to still work out some and, you know, just keep that dream alive. But, uh, yeah, right now just looking for a job, coaching job, trying to coach football, uh, whether it's college or high school. But looking for, forward to that. been wanting to coach since I was young anyways. So just really waiting waiting to start coaching. Yeah, that, that's actually really, really cool. And, and I know that your, your dream never stops. It never stops. Even at my age, my dream, uh, I always wanted to be a singer and a dancer. Mm-hmm. I'm lying, Jace. I never <laughs> But Jace, you know, you still have that dream, and we heard that you you want you've been training for this pro day, and that's that's amazing, man. That to me, even to get to that level where you can even train for that, uh, from where you were coming out of high school, from Andrews America, McMurray ACU, Mary Harden Simmons. Now you got a national title, and you almost won the national title again. Uh, and then now you're getting ready to for you know pro level people to look, and that's a different type of level. Now you're closed one book, one chapter, one small fish in the pond to go into another different side of the ocean here. And and you know, Lord has it that you know there's bigger plans for us all. Uh, the COVID happens and, and stuff, and but you still have that in your heart to go out and play and even even do that. You're healed up. You got. You got fixed with your ankle. You got fixed with your shoulder. It's running beautifully, uh, and so you had uh, these other guys that were gonna that have been training for you. So now, you know you, you got to look with your life and stuff. You're looking past that. Okay, football's not that. Now you're gonna use your your college degree, mm-hmm. what you got, and that's why I always push school once again, so you can have something to fall back on. Because you never know when the COVID nineteen is gonna hit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Interrupt it. <laughs> exactly. And who's to say, Jace? Who's to say, man? Big, big plans for you. And my vision too. And, and I've been thinking about it every so often. I'm like, you know what? Jace wants to play football, and, and he likes that. But you know what? He not only can win a national championship as a player, but what if he wins it as a coach? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's endless. You know what I'm saying? So, man, I, that that's where I see you, dude. Uh, it, it we're always gonna have prayers for you. We support you fully, man. You know, with your dad and your mom and stuff. But they're they're blessed friends of ours and stuff. And as you as a person, man, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, you're human. Uh, we see you as that. Uh, you're, to me, you're, you're still a kid, but you, you've grown into a, a good man. Okay. I can always say that on national air, you've grown into a good man. I'm proud of you. Um, just for the years that I've known you. And so, man, well, I mean, before we end, before anything else, Jason, yeah. let our listeners, uh, let them know where they can find you. Oh, uh, you know, you can find me on Twitter, hammock underscore Jace or Jace hammock, uh, on Instagram. Stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, yeah. you can reach me through that. Follow this white guy. Let me tell you, yeah. <laughs> if you're a young kid 
who wants to have a dream or has the dream of you know going up to the next level or even wants to know what it's like to be a quarterback for high school, follow him. I promise you, if you send him a message or whatever, he'll respond. Jace is a, a great young man. He, uh, he Anything he can do to help anybody achieve their goal, he, yeah. he will be there and he'll guide you and he'll talk to you. Um, it, it never hurts. You know, One thing that I've learned is that whatever it is that you want to be, look for somebody who's already done it Talk to them, pick the brains out, and and there's nobody better than Jace Hammock if you're looking to be a yeah. quarterback yeah. at any level. And, and that, I'm gonna follow with Joe on that. I mean that that's what you want to do. You want to look for those people. Get get the get everything you can out of them because I'm sure too. You know when you were young, that's who you wanted to go out and be. You wanted to do that, and I'm sure you're like, man, I wish I would have looked at it more. Maybe something other things would have happened for you. But now you're that person to look at too, and you can still continue what you want to do. But be that be that uh, uh, that person for the other kids and stuff like that. And, and kids, uh, the ones that are listening, it take it does take hard work. It takes a lot of hard work. It doesn't take, and I'm gonna quote this: it doesn't take for mom and dad to call the coach or anything. This is all on you. Okay, this is all on you. And just like the the little, I, I I'm not a big social media guy, but even the post I put up on Facebook when Michael Jordan got cut from the varsity on his sophomore year, his mom. Never called the coach and chewed him out because they, his mom told him just work harder. And Jace, that's what you've been doing, brother. And I'm super proud of and you. I, and under the Jace, Jace, is there anything else that you'd like to finish off before we? Oh yeah, I mean just 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 stay focused on your dreams and just work harder. And that's that's and just pray through it all. And, yeah. You know, it's, everything's gonna work out for the better. And but thank y'all, thank y'all for having me. Hey, man. Jace, thanks for being our first guest. Of yeah, the man, that, that was that was really good, man. Did you know this is impressive. Well, was there anything? I mean. Not at all, not at all. Once again, I just want to thank Jace, man. It was good to get his insight on it. And, I mean, I almost felt like I was the one playing there, you know. I, was, I, was I, was, I, I feel like I was running back, right? Well, now, you so. know, I'm going to go home and tell Gladys that I'm a national champion. <laughs> I'm a national champion. I, 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 I'm telling all my stories. I'm going to make sure she doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> this is what I, I had my shoulder, my ankle. I mean, I'm just going to go off and just, you know. I'm, no, but Jace, it's, freak, it's freaking amazing. Man. Yeah. That's impressive. Congratulations once again, man. Again. You get to wear that ring probably. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure it weighs about 16 pounds. Yeah. Probably what it weighs and stuff. Yeah. So it, it's a good good piece that you have. A good brass knuckle. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a shameless plug, Webo. I'm sorry to say this. Go ahead. I have another podcast with my stepdaughter. Um, uh it's a uh, training was not included um, here at the very end. I'm throwing it in there. If you if you're listening to this and you make it to the end of this podcast, me and my stepdaughter have a podcast where we talk about what it's like to become an Insta family. All of a sudden, I was a single man for 39 years. <laughs> I ended up getting married. My wife had a daughter, and all of a sudden, I'm an Insta dad. There you go, an Insta and, dad. Uh, you but, picked up a loan, and there you go. Yeah, <laughs> good job. And uh, but uh, but again, this is going to be our podcast with Webber and I. Again, we're going to talk about friendship. We're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about houses. I mean, what is it? You know, we're going to talk to athletes, uh, national champs. What's the way to start? I don't know. It's going to be all downhill from here. I know, right? I mean, you can't have, get very national champs. Who are going to have next? I, <laughs> I don't <laughs> know, man. Next? Okay, it's going to be tough. It's going to be uh, tough. But, yeah, what a good conversation. And once again, Webel with a cup of Joe. This is going to be the best podcast this side of the Chongqing River. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you all soon.